Listener Production. The lack of resolution on the US debt ceiling continues to weigh on US stocks. And Aussie shares expected to tumble on Thursday with a host of annual general meetings in focus. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday, May 25. Welcome to the Comsec Morning Podcast. Ryan, this is what happens uh, when we get into these situations where the debt ceiling is the limiting factor globally. It's such a, a dull topic in some respects, but so vital, and we can't get away from it. Well, that's right, Tom. It's vital for the rest of the world as well in Indeed. terms of what happens with financial markets and the potential default as the X date, as it's being called, June 1 approaches. Indeed. So the conversations that came out of Washington in the last day... Four go- hours worth it was. Look, that's... Uh, going to probably be the starting point for how long these chats are from here on in. I would imagine that as the week goes on, it will be around the clock, these conversations. Well, that's right. And House Speaker Republican Kevin McCarthy said, I still think we have time to get an agreement and get it done. Mm. Although he said there's no set time for him. Although Mm. on June the 1st, according to US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the US could run out of money to pay its bills. We don't have much time here. We're certainly running out of time and the patience of investors is also diminishing quite quickly too. Yeah. So what we saw last night was stocks lower across the board. The Dow Jones down 0.8%, the S&P 500 down 0.7% and the NASDAQ down 0.6%. So what's interesting under these circumstances is that normally when you have this sort of uncertainty, then investors gravitate towards safe havens and safe havens include gold. So gold was just a little bit weaker last night, down by half of 1% to 1964 US an ounce. The US dollar, probably a better example, that was improving against most other currencies. That's It's at two month highs at the moment and it really did weigh on commodities like gold. Exactly. Uh, but what is probably more challenging is that uh, the other big safe haven is US government bonds. And under these circumstances, Government bonds aren't necessarily where you might want to be in the US if they're going to default on their debt obligations. Well, that's exactly right. If we see a default and a credit rating downgrade, for example, they'll have huge implications for the US bond market. That said, we did see a strong bid for US government bonds last night in terms of the two-year auction. So that was something that was interesting. But a lot of attention last night was on the, the latest minutes of the US Federal Reserve meeting that was held earlier this month. And Federal Reserve officials generally agreed last month that the need for further interest rate increases had become less certain, with several saying that the quarter percentage point hike that they approved might be the last time. Indeed. So again, we're faced with a situation that is coloured by the debt ceiling. You know, these central banks have been so dogged in their pursuit of higher interest rates, but now there's a recognition that the landscape has changed and that it might not be the environment that is... Uh, where it's appropriate to be raising rates. So uh, a very complex mix of influences. Well, absolutely. So there's a potential now for a pause in June when they next meet. But we did hear from Fed Governor Christopher Waller, and he said he was concerned about the lack of progress on inflation. So that's certainly there's some people out there within the FOMC or the Policymakers Forum that are disagreeing with that view. Look, and they really don't have much... Uh, optionality in terms of their conversation. Inflation is high in terms of the um, official statistics, uh, but you 
have to look forward and estimate what might happen down the track. But just quickly, the uh, US 10-year government bonds finished uh, the yield of 3.74%, up by about five, five basis points. Two-year treasuries at 4.38%. So that was a pretty decent move higher. Again, up by nine basis points for people who are following the bond market. What was also interesting last night is we are starting to see some of those concerns seep into the US share market. So the Dow yes. Jones index was down for a fourth consecutive session. And your favourite index, the fear index, the volatility <laughs> index, VIX it, as it's known, it's hovering around a three-week high of 20 points. It sounds dramatic and it's an important measure. So for people who aren't familiar with what we call the VIX, it is. it sounds complex because it involves options. And uh, what happens in different circumstances, if you're optimistic, you might uh, potentially buy an option that reflects that. You'd be buying a call, the right, but not the obligation to uh, take delivery of something in the future. And uh, a, a put, which is the opposite, the right, but not the obligation to sell. And the VIX measures the difference between, or the ratio of um, how many people are buying um, puts and calls, and then you get the VIX. Well, that's, that's a, a gross oversimplification, of course. Very good update there, Tom. Great <laughs> definition. But well, sometimes, you know, you, we, we go through these conversations and we use these terms and people are kind of left scratching their heads. So please, um, I apologise if we're doing that, but we're trying our best to open the door into what goes on in the markets. Well, also, we do have an options desk at Comsec, Tom, so... Uh, get on board and give Roachie a call. Definitely give Roachie a call. Um, the earlier, the better. He likes those early morning calls. He loves it. So in terms of what we saw, uh, and you mentioned that um, commodity markets were a bit challenged by that strengthening of the US dollar. So gold at 1,964 US dollars per ounce, that's down by almost $10 an ounce. Uh, iron ore in the last day, probably less a reflection of the US dollar, but more about the cadence of Chinese growth at the moment. So iron ore futures... We're down by about a dollar to $105.56 US per tonne. And we also saw copper fall be below 8,000 US dollars a tonne yesterday. And that's really on those global growth concerns at the moment. That was a it, decent move for copper. And again, another one of those things we've been talking about leading indicators recently. Copper is regarded as a, an important measure of economic activity. It certainly is the red metal. And what we did see was copper down by 2.4% overnight. Worries about Chinese demand, concerns about global economic growth, they continue to persist, and that's weighing on commodities at the moment. Indeed. So let's just quickly um, cover off on some of those organisations, Ryan, that were standing out last night. Uh, you wanted to talk about NVIDIA. They had some um, good numbers, but interestingly, the performance of the stock during the session was nothing to write home about. Well, that's right, Tom. We did see NVIDIA's shares down by 0.5% ahead of its earnings results. But then after it released its results in after-hours trade, we saw its share price spike to a record high, up around 18% on a huge forecast beat driven by artificial intelligence chip demand. Again, there's the AI uh, commentary. It's almost impossible to go through a conversation about the markets these days without talking about AI. And the interesting thing about NVIDIA now is that you know, a staggering move within the session. Uh, since the latter part of October, that stock has almost doubled in value. So now you start to have that conversation about, okay, is it uh, time to perhaps just uh, lighten up on this stock? Has it had a good enough run? Is it going to continue? Uh, all, all those sorts of things creep into the conversation. Well, that's right. We saw some interesting dynamics take place in the semiconductor space overnight. So a spokesperson for China's Ministry of Commerce 
a very opaque organisation, spoke out against Japan's chip export restrictions to China. And we did see shares of microchip technology down over 6%. And we also got an update from Analog Devices, not a company that we talk about too frequently, but the semiconductor manufacturing firm gave a weaker than expected guidance for the fiscal third quarter, and its share price was down quite sharply, almost 8%, and that was the worst performer in the S&P 500. That is a decent knock. I just quickly wanted to talk about um, the EV space, electric vehicle makers. So uh, this... Uh, uh, group was generally lower last night. We had Tesla shares down one and a half percent. Bid down by about half a percent. Uh, Neo was down by about nine percent. Part of the reason for that decline is that you know we off we talk about tes- Tesla almost exclusively when it comes to EV manufacture, but there are some very big names in China, uh, and one of them is an organisation called Xiaopang. And they had their earnings uh, released last night for the first quarter, and these were disappointing numbers. So their deliveries were down by almost a half compared to the same time last year. Revenue was almost halved as well. They had a net loss of $320 million, uh, higher material costs featuring in that. Uh, The stock was down by as much as 11% at one stage. It fell by 5% at the close. So that has cast a pall over the EV space. And it turns around the issue of these tightening financial conditions, which means that you know people might not perhaps be in that um, position to, to buy a nice, shiny new electric vehicle for the time being. Well, that's right. It's a challenging market. Certainly, Tesla's the dominant force in this space. And certainly, what we did see was some weakness out of China as far as demand's concerned. And of course, Tesla's got its big factory in China. Indeed. And that weighed on its share price on the back of that. So let's quickly turn our attention to the local market today. The futures finished with a loss of 35 points or a half of 1% where the share price index futures were concerned. We have got quite a roll call of organisations convening AGMs today. So the interesting thing is that it tends to be in the resource space. Um, um, So costs, obviously, will be a big factor um, to hone in on, on, on that front. And then certainly their forward-looking statements will be very important. Well, that's right. So the one that stands out for me will be South 32. So yes. it's been trading in an interesting pattern recently. So its share price is currently at 4 bucks. It's been flat year to date. And its share price tumbled about 9% in late April after it downgraded its guidance. So we did see production fall across the board, but that was largely due to unfavourable weather impacts at the time. And what we're expecting to see, of course, is a continuation of the theme around Chinese demand, recessionary concerns in terms of the commentary, of course, the impact on commodity prices more generally. But one of the things that stands out for South 32 is its exceptional dividend yield, which is around 8%. So it's fully franked. That's very attractive at the moment. And uh, of course, um, if you look at what's happening with South 32 at the moment, it does have a very diverse, diversified portfolio when it comes to the underlying metal space. So not only does it have fossil fuels like coal and the like, it also has the likes of copper and zinc and, and those types of commodities, which have been under enormous pressure. So that commentary today will be quite important as far as the commodities outlook is concerned. But uh, typically, uh, we, we are seeing a situation where that stock is considered to be attractively priced at the moment. It's a good point that you make, Ryan. And in addition, you know, the 
the thing that we've heard most recently with the uh, big resource names is that they've been quite upbeat in relation to the Chinese prospects. So um, it'll be interesting to see whether or not uh, their commentary around China has changed meaningfully since their most recent updates. And we've got a few companies going ex-dividend as well, which is always something to keep an eye out for. Well, that's right, Tom. So this includes gaming technology company Aristocrat Leisure, agricultural chemicals company New Farm, and commercial explosive company Orica. So they'll announce their latest payouts and they could trade lower on the back of that. Indeed. So the Aussie dollar is um, a little bit weaker thanks to that strength of the greenback that we mentioned. In fact, it's lost about half a US cent overnight. So that's a pretty meaningful pullback. It's trading at 65.4 US cents. Thanks very much for tuning in this morning. It's been great chatting, Ryan. And let's uh, continue to look forward to Stevie and Laura wrapping up the day with the market update this afternoon. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.